Freedom of speech is evil. Welcome to the Kennedy Report. Now, I'm going to explain what I mean by that. You've heard it before. Freedom of speech is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it's even said that freedom of speech as a concept is a conservative concept, when in fact, it's actually not a conservative concept. Well, conservatism is probably just socially conservative liberalism. You know, I think we've talked about that before. But ultimately, the idea of unadulterated free speech, every man has the right to say everything that he wants to say, that's actually a pretty evil concept. Now, before I continue, please like this video, subscribe to this channel, visit Fatima.org, see what we have going on to spread the message of Fatima to help you grow in your Catholic faith, and perhaps in your charity you can consider donation. Now, what am I saying? Am I saying that we should all be censored and not be allowed to tell the truth? Of course I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that the idea that you get to say anything you want, i.e. freedom of speech, is an evil idea. And if you actually look into where these ideas come from, the American founding and stuff, it's actually pretty limited, but in any case, it's become this idea that if I don't get to say anything I want, somehow I'm being censored, somehow that's wrong. We're going to go into it in more detail, but it's not hard to understand. Think about this pretty simple example here. Freedom of speech would include taking the Lord's name in vain. That goes against the commandment. We cannot disrespect or blaspheme the holy name of God. Therefore, we cannot speak against God like that, even if we appeal to our freedom of speech. There can be no freedom to blaspheme in society. Thus, there can be no unadulterated freedom of speech all the way through, if you think about it. Now, let's just define our terms here for a second. Throughout this talk, I'm going to say freedom of speech, but I'm also going to say freedom of expression, I might even say freedom of the press. I believe that these three are basically interchangeable because when you're talking about freedom of expression, maybe you're talking about music. Uh, years ago in Canada, for example, there was a band and they had received some sort of government grant. And uh, God forgive me for describing this, I'll be as PG as possible. And basically they had uh, used this government grant to make this album. I think it was some sort of punk rock music or something. And they found a way to make a cover with Christ on it where it was just evil the way they depicted Jesus Christ. I'll leave it at that. It was very offensive. And the government took away their grant. And, of course, they started saying censorship, censorship, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, you know, that sort of thing. And the government, the Canadian government, does not do sensible things very often. <laughs> but they did say, we're not going to give you money to go and offend a bunch of Christians is basically what they said. I think they've forgotten that policy if you watch the news or the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation in the last few years. But nonetheless, at one time, they might have had some sort of something like a head on their shoulders. But they were correct. You know, there is no unadulterated freedom to go and just blaspheme and, you know, harm people's faith just because of your freedom of speech. So in the past, print media was the only accessible form of publication for the average person. This is why in the past you might say freedom of the press. But all these things come from the same place. Now, for this particular discussion, we're going to deal with the morality and the laicity, or the permission, let's say, of public expression of ideas, and not the private expression of those. I have no way to know what a man says in his private life. The moral law governs that, so as far as freedom of speech in your own home, well, that's just between you and the confessional, I guess. Um, some people are free speech absolutists. This is a person who believes that there should be no censorship for any reason. 
However, they are in the minority if you really follow it through. Most people believe that there should be certain restrictions on free speech and that they might even be necessary at times. Um, common sense should suffice to debunk the sort of free speech absolutist's false notion. For example, yelling fire in a crowded theater is one that people always point to. That's pretty easy, but it's more than that. For Catholics, the crux of the matter is how we navigate between a natural plurality of ideas within a framework of Catholic society. That's what we're going for as far as understanding free speech as Catholics. As with the discussion that we might have concerning things like civil liberties, uh, for things like non-Catholic worship, the discussion about expression-related freedoms is simple to understand, but it is very nuanced in its application. So even if you go back to the Christian era, where there was real strong Catholic governance, there were restrictions on things that you could publish, but it wasn't as if everyone was looking with a fine-tooth comb and the things everyone was saying. We're not saying that. We have to use our common sense. Most people in virtually all societies admit certain restrictions. I mentioned the one about yelling fire in a crowded theater. These are simple enough to understand. It's simple enough to understand that yelling something that's untrue to make people panic in order that they might be harmed, it's not about the speech. It's about the panic. It's about the harm. It's about the destruction. This could cause, for example, a potentially violent stampede of people. Furthermore, public detraction of someone's character in a way that harms a man's business interests, his reputation, and so forth, this can actually get you in trouble for legal offenses. And this is where the press is not liable for a lot of these things. Sometimes you read things, uh, well, you shouldn't read tabloids, but if you were, you think, how do they get away with just lying all the time? Well, this is where this sort of absolute freedom of the press comes in. in so, But in practice, however, issues like that are most often settled seeking legal action. The state doesn't really usually step in unless you force them. Now, Limitations of lawful expressions like these appeal to the common understanding that all men share at least partially some of these natural law principles. A basic principle is that you are not allowed to knowingly say something that is untrue to cause harm to others. I think we can all agree on that. I hope. So what is the true purpose of speech then? Well, the fundamental question we should ask ourselves is why humans have the power of speech. Ultimately, the natural law indicates that we can discover and convey that which is true, while experience, perspective, and the availability of information can influence what one perceives as true, speech should nevertheless be used to express truth and not to intentionally deceive. Perhaps we should tell that to our medical experts. Perhaps we should tell that to our politicians. Problem is, if we did that, they'd probably be out of a job. Anyway, we can also employ the golden rule. No one wants to use speech to intentionally deceive somebody else in order to harm them because they wouldn't want that to happen to oneself. So... That's probably a good rule of thumb. Unfortunately, today, civilization largely ignores God's laws and even attempts to rewrite the natural law. Therefore, most secular societies abuse the right of the state to prudentially govern lawful expression. This is where we see the problems. I know there might be a lot of conservative-minded people watching this thinking, how can you say freedom of speech is evil? What about all these... Silicon Valley companies. What about all these politically correct universities saying that I can't even read the Bible, for example, in a public school anymore? Well, that's obviously evil because what they're doing is suppressing truth. We're not talking about suppressing truth. We're saying the idea that you just have freedom of speech, that's not true. Again, it goes against the commandments. And also, we should be a little bit smarter, in my opinion, in the culture war. 
Fulton Sheen talked about this, for example. He said when times would get worse in the church, call it the end times, call it apocalypse, call it tribulation, chastisement, whatever. But any of these times come. He talked about how there would be an ape of the church. So a church with false mercy, a church with false compassion, a church with false justice. Well, we see this in these Marxist, leftist, communist ideas. The Marxist knows that there's no such thing as unadulterated free speech, and he knows very few people are actually going to accept that idea. Again, yelling fire in a crowded theater, it's pretty easy to understand. So he appeals to this natural understanding that you actually don't think people should say anything they want at all times in all places, but then they pervert that and they turn it into censorship of truth. Often what happens as right-wing leaning people that most people watching this probably are, well, you see something the left is doing and you say, well, they're censoring, therefore there should be no censorship. No, they're just doing it the wrong way. That's like saying, well, they're using guns. We shouldn't also use a gun. Well, then you're not going to be able to defend yourself. The idea is not that you shouldn't censor anything. The idea is that what is being censored is wrong. So, for example, right now, we might not be able to say the truth about, let's say, our respiratory illness, but that doesn't mean that we should have no censorship. It just means that misinformation in the truest sense is something we need to look out for. In some countries like Canada, the abuses that are carried out by the government in name of you know, protecting the people, well, these could get you charged with hate speech, for example. That's a misuse because it's just directed towards Marxist politically correct principles. It should not come as a surprise that a godless state, like most of our states nowadays, would fail in understanding the truth of lawful expression. Therefore, let's look to the Catholic understanding of this. And there is a robust corpus on this from popes, mostly from the, before the First Second Vatican Council. So what would freedom of speech or freedom of expression look like in a Catholic society? Well, before I continue, one principle that I think is easy to understand this. Man does not have or ought not to have unadulterated freedom of speech, but he should have the right to say things that are true. That's the way that we would probably understand it in a nutshell in a Catholic society. So as is common in the Catholic philosophical framework, the freedoms granted to the press and publishers are governed by the common sense the common good, and ordained towards the public good. The Catholic faith is, above all, concerned with the health of a man's soul, even more than the health of a body. That's something that we need to understand. Therefore, the proliferation of true and false ideas through all forms of media is and should be of great concern to the church. In essence, ideas expressed through any form of media can be positive or of negative value to the state of a man's soul. Think about it this way. Your mind is a spiritual property. Your intellectual properties are a spiritual property. The health of your soul will affect the health of your mind. The health of your mind will affect the health of your soul. Garbage in, garbage out. This is what the church is looking at. If you have a society where you're able to just take in a bunch of nonsense all the time, well, you're going to go away from the truth, and that's dangerous for your soul. Therefore, if we were to have a Catholic society, we would regulate what is free in society to be talked about by the standards applied to any moral action. It's pretty simple. For example, we would never expect a Catholic society to permit recreational drug use as this would constitute the mortal sin of intoxication. We're talking about recreational. If your doctor prescribes something that could be used for other purposes, that's different. It's a medication. But you don't intentionally you lose your reason as a Catholic. So that's pretty easy. It's a mortal sin, so our Catholic society would say you can't go around freely committing mortal sin. That's kind of the point. Similarly, it would be lawful 
to restrict the proliferation of blasphemy, as this would be a violation of the Second Commandment. And this used to be the case. I remember, I'm 33 years old, and I remember, you know, the early 90s, and even at that time in public schools, if you got caught saying, you know, oh my God, not saying it in the blasphemous sense, um, teachers would reprimand you. Parents, you would walk by on the street, hey, don't talk like that young man. You just couldn't say it. The reason being is because it was just an understanding that that was a way of swearing. Fast forward to today and on uh, you know, network television, you can't swear in the sense of using the certain profanity words, but the acceptable swear words are only blasphemes. That's how far our society has fallen with that. So, for example, in a Catholic society, pretty simple. You just couldn't do that anymore. You wouldn't be able to blaspheme. I have no problem with that. The harm that certain forms of expression, print or otherwise, can do to the health of souls has long been understood by the church. One only has to understand the harm that Martin Luther did to the mystical body of Christ using the revolutionary printing press of his era. Through print, media, and public sermons, this arch-heretic of the Protestant Revolution led countless souls away from the true church and inspired numerous dissident communities. That was all done through the press. If you think that the church should be one, well, freedom of the press, so-called, or freedom of speech, didn't really help that. If we consider how great is the extent of the various forms of expression through modern media, one could argue that strong restriction of public expression is probably warranted in our day. And again, let's go back to my analogy. The left, the anti-Catholic forces, they believe this. But again... We want true misinformation not to be spread. Things that go against the faith. It's the opposite today. So what is the Catholic papal teaching on this? Because there's some pretty strong teaching. Well, drawing on the natural law, Pope Leo XIII, who was a hero against the errors of liberalism that we've been talking about in the last few weeks, he wrote the following in his encyclical, Libertas. And this was in 1888. So modern era insofar as, you know... Um, print media and things like that, but definitely before our last century. He said the following, Men have a right freely and prudently to propagate throughout the state what things soever are true and honorable, so that as many as possible may possess them, but lying opinions, then which no mental plague is greater, and vices which corrupt the heart and moral life should be diligently repressed by public authority lest they insidiously work to the ruin of the state. I'm going to pause there for a second. The Marxists, he's writing this in 1888. Marxism had come out 20, 30 years prior to this. Those ideas were propagated through the revolutions in France and so forth. He's responding to the ape of the church called communism that's already exploding throughout Europe. He's saying, we need to only propagate the truth because otherwise the state is going to suffer. That's exactly what the Marxists do in reverse. We need to only propagate our truth, my truth, the government's truth. Otherwise, our state's going to suffer. Again, the devil apes the church. It's not that censorship is wrong. It's that censorship of wrong things is wrong. He continues, The excesses of an unbridled intellect, which unfailingly end in the oppression of the untortured multitude, are no less rightly controlled by the authority of law than are the injuries afflicted by violence upon the weak. That's a very powerful statement. He compares spreading of excesses of the unbridled intellect, just everyone is their own pope, everyone's their own president, 
everyone's their own, you know, unbridled uh, propagator of whatever ideas they have. He's saying the effect that that actually has on the masses is as harmful to them as actually doing violence, physical violence, to weak people. Those are pretty strong words. You know this is true. Think about what's going on right now. We won't mention it so we can, you know, avoid certain controversies. You know that if everybody just turned off CNN, you know that if everybody just stopped reading the mainstream newspapers, even if you didn't replace it with something else, it's like poison. If you just got rid of the poison, people wouldn't be duped by all these things. People wouldn't be giving in to all these errors. If you just got rid of the constant flood, the unbridled intellect, the excesses, which Pope Leo talks about, people would actually be harmed less. I imagine lots of people watching this have family members where you think, man, if you know aunt so-and-so could just turn off the news, she'd literally have mental health completely better than it is now. It really does cause harm to people to be consumed by lies all the time. Now, in this address from the Holy Father at the time, Pope Leo, he confirms that only the true and honorable opinions are granted freedom in public expression throughout a state, and that lying opinions should be repressed. He's not wrong. In reference to lying opinions, he doesn't talk about just conjectural matters, but instead erroneous ideas that deny the truths and doctrines approved by the church. So, listen, are we saying that in a Catholic society that... <laughs> You know, everything you want to read on the radio has to go to the local bishop. No, that's insane. There are tons of things that are not matters of faith. You want to have a cooking show and talking about recipes, or there's debatable matters of science, or debatable matters of medical treatments and so forth. Of course, because those things are natural truths, they need to be worked out by testing ideas. The church has always been a fan of these things. And in fact, if you look back to the time of St. Thomas Aquinas and his you know, compatriots, they would intentionally engage in debates with uh, Muslims and with Jews to sort of prove the truth of the Catholic faith. There's nothing wrong with allowing, in certain instances, ideas to be tested. That's not what we're saying. We're saying lying opinions spread as truth can't be allowed. Thus, freedom of speech understood in the way that we have it today, it can't be allowed. And, as I said, he talked about it causing violence to people. So it's something we should take very seriously. Now, history has proven that this papal teaching or this selection of uh, the mountain of papal teaching on the subject... This proves, well, that he was right. As with much of the Leonine magisterial corpus, that is the teaching of Pope Leo XIII, the words of the great Pope are as much prophecy as anything. Libertas was published in 1888. And if we consider the atmosphere of what is currently expressed at all levels of public discourse today, the Holy Father was correct. Nothing remains sacred in today's public forum, especially the holy name of Jesus and other sacred things. The highest and truest mandates of nature, like the truths of human life, are cast aside for the absurd ideas that deny natural law principles. We could go on, but suffice it to say that the modern conception of freedom of expression and freedom of speech, freedom of the press, has been a disaster and has worked against the kingship of Christ in our societies. So let us be on guard against this erroneous idea and instead of promulgating such a notion, let us insist that only truth be given free reign. Again, conservatives, Catholics, don't say my freedom of speech means that I should be able to say whatever I want. Say no. My freedom to tell the truth is what you must appeal to. I hope this has been helpful. And if you have enjoyed this video, please like and subscribe to this channel. 
Visit Fatima.org to see everything we have going on to help you grow in your faith and to spread the message of Fatima. And if you could, in your charity, please consider donation to help these endeavors to continue. I'm Kennedy Hall. This has been the Kennedy Report. Until next time, God bless.